wonderful to go into the presence of the Lord like that, isn't it? Just spend time in his presence. That worship time can be a real uh, healing time in our lives if we just open ourselves up and believe from the time we walk through those doors, the first greeter who touches you, raises or shakes your hand, first person you see, that that becomes, this is the time where I'm going to see God. See him and the other people standing next to me. See him in the word. See him as I give my offerings. See him as I praise him and worship him. Because he is so awesome for us. Amen. Let's pick up our Bibles. You've got them already. I need mine. And let's make this confession together. The words are on the screen. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's so simple. So simple. Hallelujah. It's living by faith that Paul said was the fight. Not the fact that. That uh, the word is hard to understand. You know, once you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit helps us understand. Bonnie, so good to see you this morning. Hallelujah. We need to pray for Bonnie's grandson. He's uh, down in Indianapolis. His name is Michael. He was in an automobile accident. And the report in the natural, which we have to, you know, look at those things and, and we have to understand what's being said, is that he's, he's paralyzed, that his spine was severed. But, you know, God is able to cause things to find a new way. He makes a way where there is no way. Let's pray for Michael. Father, we thank you. Put your hands on Bonnie right there if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Michael. We thank you that he is he is healed of the Lord today. And that most of all, Lord, I pray that Michael uh, in his heart will have the desire to live and be all that God's called him to be, that he will not give up. He will not lose hope and that you will show him, Lord, you will magnify yourself in such a way and show him that you need him in the earth, that you have called him for such a time as this, that you love him and that he is healed and whole because Jesus is his savior. And we expect the manifestation of that healing in his body to come forth in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, the word of God says we have a privilege to rule the privilege to rule. And today I'm going to be sharing with you from a series that we're doing. We've been doing them on the series on Wednesday nights. Last Sunday I shared on um, songs of deliverance, which will be in that series. And today we're sharing on the privilege to rule. You know, I know oftentimes we talk about how we have authority because we belong to Christ and we talk about what God has done for us and, and how we can um, use that authority and, and see God move on our behalf. But I want to I wanna accentuate the word privilege today. Everybody say privilege. You know, it's a privilege to serve a living God. Why he chose us to work with him. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's amazing. You know, you know, look at that person next to you and think God specifically chose that person to work with him in the earth. You know, look at him and think, boy, that is amazing. I mean, I look at myself in the mirror and say, Lord, what were you thinking when you decided to let me help? Hallelujah. You know, uh, I, what he wants us to do is not so much get our hands in the mess, but what he wants us to do is to believe him. 
That's how we help God. And then we act on that belief by speaking and doing the things that he gives us to do. So this morning, I'm believing that all of you are going to see yourself differently than you've ever seen yourself before. And I believe that you're going to see yourself as something that God has created for such a time as this. That was said about Esther. We know there are a lot of people in the Old Covenant that God created for such a time as this. And that's what is God's saying over all of you. I've put you in the earth for such a time as this. And I've given you the privilege to rule. The privilege to rule. What does that mean? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you're visiting with us or you don't have a Bible, these scriptures are going to go up on the screen this morning so you can follow along with me. I'm going to be reading uh, verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, are you in Christ? What that means is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your Lord? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now we can say, thank God. Thank God. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you know you have a ministry? You know, you may be sitting here thinking today, I'm, I'm just part of the congregation. Well, this is for everybody. This isn't just for the pastor. This is for the, all those who are born again. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. When Jesus came, he was drawing people to God, not imputing their trespasses to them. That is wonderful news. How many of you are glad your sins are no longer held against you? And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. In other words, he's given us the privilege to take this word to the earth. That God loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He died for you. He loves you. Like Allison said, I thought that was very beautiful description when he told her, that's the way I love my children. God thinks about you. And he thinks good things about you. You know, and we need to receive that because he wants us reconciled to all that he has for us. Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an ambassador. Now don't go, you're an ambassador. Let's do the inflection, right? You're an ambassador for Christ. Do you get that? For Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, our lives are so full of God that when people see us, it draws them, implores them. You need to have what I have. You need to know the Jesus I know. You need to walk in the things that God has prepared for you. For he made him, God made Jesus. That's what that is. For God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for you. Isn't that wonderful? Now, this is a shouting message today. So if anybody feels to holler out hallelujah, that will not scare me. Hallelujah. Okay. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, in Jesus. Now, that is a miracle. That is supernatural. That cannot happen any other way except God decided good things about you before you even arrived. Hallelujah. And Jesus walked into that city triumphantly. He walked out triumphantly. He walked in with people praising him. He walked out dragging a cross. But he was triumphant in everything that he did. Amen? Because he loved you. That's why he did it all. And so this word ambassadors, I want us to look at this morning because, you know, that's not a word we normally think of. 
But uh, when we were in our finance meeting this week, uh, Pastor Dan was there. He's the pastor of our youth and his wife, Kelly. And um, Dan was there and he, I don't know what was said, but um, the word ambassadors came up. And of course, I'm getting this message ready and I've got these scriptures. And so I tune in when I hear that word. And he began to share with us about uh, a man in Chicago. His name's Bill Winston. He has a large church up there. My husband knew him in Tulsa. And, and he, he's written a book. He, he writes a lot about the kingdom of God and as it applies to us here in the earth. And so I want Dan to come this morning and share this word because I want you to get a picture of who you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to hear who we are. Come on up, Pastor Dan. Amen. We're in this world, but not of this world. Amen. And that's important because everything that we have need of doesn't have to come from this world system. It can come from the kingdom that we're citizens of. Amen. Whatever we have need of, we can just draw from the kingdom that we're connected to. We don't have to be sucked into this world system. And um, <clears throat> Bill Winston was teaching on the kingdom of God, and he said he was in a, uh, in a country in South America, a developing country, and <clears throat> they were in an area where everything was bleak. Everything was gray and brown and dirty. There was no prosperity and, and just <clears throat> widespread poverty, and, and everything's broken and uh, he said they were on this street, and they turned the corner, and, and literally there was a city block, and uh, you know, this, this property covered a city block, and this gorgeous, beautiful building was up on this hill, and uh, the grass was just gorgeous green and, and watered, and, and everything was manicured, and the flowers were lush, and the palm trees were just all in the right place, and everything was perfect, and the property was you know, just literally shining. You know, and, and, and so Bill Winston asked the ministry he was with, he goes, well, what's that property? He said, that's the American embassy. <laughs> Amen. See, their source, everything they have need of, doesn't come from that area. It comes from the kingdom that they're a part of. Amen. And whatever they have need of, all that source, all that supply, everything that it takes to run that place and make it look awesome, it comes from Washington. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Out of Washington comes a river, I guess, to all those embassies. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Yeah, God is good. He's awesome. And out of our kingdom that we live in, says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the kingdom of God. And we live in the earth as the king's kids. I mean, we are joint heirs, it says in Romans chapter 8, with Jesus Christ. Joint heirs. Well, part of that being an heir is being a ruler. Everybody say being a ruler. And I want to read to you. This is from Brother Copeland's book. It just happened to be in his book for this week, Faith to Faith. It says, you are an ambassador for Christ. If you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you have been sent to act as a representative of him to this world. Just as nations send ambassadors to represent their interest in other countries, you've been sent here to look after the interest of the kingdom of God. Do you wake up every morning thinking about, I wonder what God's interests are today? Because I am here as an ambassador to make sure those interests are protected, that somebody's doing something about these properties that God has assigned. Do we think like that or do we wake up and say, oh, the devil's already on my case. The devil's defeated. We have a purpose. We have, a, we have an assignment. We have a responsibility. We have a privilege to rule. And this is what he says. Think about that. Everywhere you go, you are re representing the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Vicki, when you're in that nursing home, you are Jesus in that place. That's who you are. That's a very high honor. 
It may, all, may also seem like a rather tall bill to fill, but God has equipped you to do it. He's given you his name, the power of his word. He has even given you his spirit inside you, and he's given you the ability to hear and obey the directions of that spirit. Listen to this. I heard a prophecy years ago. This is Brother Copeland speaking. That said there would come a time when men on the earth would talk, walk, and act like God. And he says the spirit would so strongly be in those people that other people would say of them, look at those believers. They think they're God. Has that happened in the earth? It has happened in the earth. Through the word of faith message, there are people now who rise up against that message and say, well, who do they think they are? God? Brother Copeland was waiting on that day, had heard that prophecy. And this is what he said. They think they're God. No, the Holy Spirit said they're not God. They are agents of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an agent. And you're not a secret agent either. You're not one of those agents. They never know where you're at. You're one of those agents that everybody looks up and says, oh, it's one of those agents of God. I didn't say angels. You know, you're not ever going to be an angel. You don't turn into an angel when you die. Hallelujah. There's angels and there's you. And God says he's exalted you above the angels. That is amazing right there. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are amazing. They are agents of God, children of God, ambassadors of God, sent to do the works of God. Then he says, this is no time to be half consecrated or half dedicated. And that's the truth. Let the interest of the kingdom be foremost in your mind and heart. You are an ambassador for Christ. Begin to live like it today. I, I say amen. 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 I say amen to all of you. Begin to be who God called you to be. And I'm going to help you today realize how that works. But I want to start with this. We were for uh, several years, about seven years, eight years in Tulsa, with Pastors Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty. Most of you know that. Some of you are visiting, so I'll share this. And in that time, we learned the truth of the Word of God. We, were, we learned that the Word of God is not just something you read. It's something you believe and live. And so we were raised and trained to believe the word of God is truth. And it exalts itself above every other word that we hear. And the pastors taught us that. This past November, Pastor Billy Joe moved to heaven. It was unexpected. I don't have all the answers, but I know he was so excited to see Jesus. And then, of course, Brother Roberts joined him. So I have no idea what's going on in heaven. Brother Hagin's up there and all the saints that are up there cheering us on, the Bible says, and encouraging us. But I do know this. His wife stepped up into position in a church of 17,000 people and said, facing the, the walk out of her husband going to heaven unexpectedly, having to walk through that, she said, I will take responsibility for these 17,000 people. I will be their pastor, and I will take care of them. And she stepped into position, and she's doing that. This month in, in Washington, D.C., everybody say Washington, D.C., that's the seat of power and authority today in the natural for our country. They are having Women of History Month in the House of Representatives. And they invited Pastor Sharon to come and open the House of Representatives with prayer. Everybody say ambassador. And I'm going to let you watch what she did. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Here she is. House will be in order. Prayer will be offered by the guest chaplain, Reverend Sharon Doherty, Victory Christian Center, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let's pray. Father God, we humble ourselves before you as we pray for our nation and our government. 
You said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we pray for you to be Lord over the United States of America. Thank you for our forefathers who established this government upon biblical principles. And we ask for President Obama and for our Congress to be guided by the moral and just standard of your word in their lawmaking. We pray that the fear of the Lord would be the standard of judgment and wisdom, of judgment and wisdom among all who govern. Help them to hear from you as the authority over this universe. Holy Spirit, move upon the hearts of Americans in this hour and divinely intervene in our nation's behalf. We repent where we've been wrong and help us to do what is right. We put our trust in you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, give God glory, hallelujah. What a prayer. She said, in the name of Jesus, she said, let them be governed by the word of God. Now, she is an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. She stepped into that place of authority, and she spoke, and God moved. We, we just see it as, oh, she prayed. No, the word of God, with power and authority, the privilege to rule, stepped in that morning, and she said what God wanted to say. Now, she had to send that prayer out a week ahead. They had to see it. It could only last so long. But they let her say exactly what she had on her paper. But more than that, that was maybe watched over. But later in the day, she was the chaplain of the day. She was there all day. They went on to say, after she stepped away, a few minutes later, they, the, the House of Representatives, a Congresswoman Mary Phelan of Oklahoma, who is the one who actually was able to invite her as this, in this position, shared about Victor Christian Center shared how they have a place where they're helping people find jobs. Everything she said was very direct to the power of God working in the earth, she shared. But the most exciting thing Sharon said, she said, awesome day on her uh, tweet. What is it? Uh, Twitter tweet. She tweeted. My son said, Sharon tweeted today. I thought, she tweeted. She usually sings. Hallelujah. But, um, <clears throat> you know, she tweeted. And she tweeted, awesome day was able to pray with Nancy Pelosi. Everybody say praise God. And I want to tell you something. That prayer was not seen by anybody till God said it. And that was God speaking over Nancy Pelosi. See, we have to recognize that it is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is in Galatians 2.20. That's the scripture. When you begin to live like that, then when you lay hands on somebody, you expect that the word of God is going forth. Not your word, but the power and the anointing comes from God because God has all authority. And I want to show you that because he can't give you authority unless he has all authority. You can't delegate something to somebody that you don't have responsibility for. Pastor Bill is the best delegator in the world. We all work for him still. Hallelujah. We will always work for him because Pastor Bill is a delegator. You know how he delegates? He drives by and he goes, and, he, and we're out riding around. And he goes, the sign's dirty at church. And then he just goes on with something else. He doesn't say clean it. He doesn't, but I know what that means clean the sign, have it done by Sunday. 
I mean, I can interpret. That's like tongues and interpretation. You know, I get it right off. Pastor Bill said this is what we do. So, you know, God has authority. Everybody say he has authority. And I want to read to you from, it's actually from Psalm 68 because really we sang this this morning. And I love all the songs we sang this morning because they talk about who he is. And I'm telling you, once we get a revelation of who he is, then we can have a revelation of who we are in him. And it says in Psalm 68, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those also who hate him flee before him. How many of you would like your enemies to be disappearing like right now? Like right now? Hallelujah. Well, if God arises on the inside of you, you have authority to rule and take dominion over those things. It says in verse 34, ascribe strength to God. His excellence is over Israel. Now, as Israel was in the old covenant being just the Jews, now in the new covenant, we're included. So when I say Israel, that applies to you. That applies to you because you're a part of God's creation and his people. You're that special treasure we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. And it says, he is over Israel and his strength is in the clouds. Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. Can you imagine anything more awesome than heaven? He says he's more awesome than where he lives, than streets of gold or any of those things. He's awesome. The God of Israel. Everybody say, the God of Israel. Is he who gives strength and power to his people. Delegated authority. That's what he gives. That's what God gives to his children. Now, I want to read to you real quickly Psalm 124 because I love this psalm. I say it over myself, and I say it over you today. If, had, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, or let Victor Christian Center now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have gone over us, overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our souls. The swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird from the snare of fowlers. The snare is broken. We have escaped. Jesus broke every chain. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That is, that is wonderful. And it goes on. Listen to this. Those who trust in the Lord, ask your neighbor, do you trust him? are like Mount Zion, that would be the city of Jerusalem, which cannot be moved but abides forever as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. That applies to you. Amen. And it applies to Israel today. I want us to pray for Israel right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the nation of Israel. You said you would bless those who bless Israel. And we bless them today. We, we bless their, their president. We bless the people who are standing in the gap and, and doing what they feel they're supposed to do. And we bind the works of powers and principalities that are exalting themselves against the word of God and the nation of Israel. We take authority. We rule in the earth by our prayers. And we bind the work of the enemy against that nation that God has raised up, that man cannot take down. And we pray for mercy, mercy and grace upon those that are ignorant and following after people who are leading them into horrible bondage. And we thank you that Israel is delivered today just as they are your people. We are your people. We pray America is delivered today from strongholds and powers and principalities in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Your prayers have power. When you say amen, when we pray in here, something happens in the, in the spiritual realm. We can't always see it, but God is working on our behalf. 
It says in Genesis that we were called to have dominion over everything. That's the way God created us. And nothing has changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me. So God delegated authority to Jesus, and Jesus delegated authority to us. All authority has been given to me. God had authority. Jesus had authority. Now, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 2 because this, this is what uh, really includes you in this chain of authority that God has given into the earth. It says in verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now, this can't be talking about Jesus. This is us. He, Jesus, has made us alive together with, uh, God has made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Now, that's an amen right there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against you, which was contrary to you, and he has taken it out of the way, and he nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities, powers, and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In my Bible, it says, the cross is the sole hope and means for full reinstatement to relationship with God and rulership under him to reign in life. Everybody say, thank God for the cross. So that rulership has been put into our hands for us to do what God's called us to do. I love the story in Acts chapter 3. Um, if you want to get excited about what God has done, read the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is uh, the church. It's a, it's, it talks about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ right out of Calvary, right out of uh, him, Jesus being raised from the dead. This is when Peter woke up to the truth. You know, Peter always had a lot to say, but once he got filled with the Holy Ghost, what he said really was true. Hallelujah. And he began to stand up and speak. And so we see an example of delegated authority. It was God to Jesus. Peter walked with Jesus. Now we see Peter. And it says in verse in chapter 3, verse 2, A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Everybody say, look at us. Now, now we don't go around saying, look at me to people. But our life can say, look at me. Our life can draw people's attention to Jesus. And, and he said, look at me. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. Isn't that amazing? He had rulership. He had authority. He said, what I've got, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he didn't stop there. He took him by the hand, the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet, ankle bones received strength. I don't know about you, but how often do we pray for somebody and then jerk them up? You know, we'd probably be intimidated if we jerk them up. The lava would fall right back down. But when you recognize that you have been given delegated authority, you know, the revelation that you live that you have in your heart works. The revelation that you get from somebody else speaking is, is good. I mean, we all need to hear from others. But it's the revelation you get in your heart that causes you to operate in power. Jesus knew who he was. He, and we're going to share that later. He knew what he did. He did by the power of God, his Father. He said, the works that I do are not my works. They're my Father's. 
And so when he spoke, he spoke with great confidence that his father was going to do what he said. When we learn to speak like Jesus spoke, we will see the same results. I'm convinced. But we're not responsible for the results. When Pastor Sharon prayed, she's not responsible to go to each one of those people in that House of Representatives and get them to do the right thing. But she spoke into their lives the word of God, and that word went into them. Whether they want it in there or not, it went in. And so now that word is working. The word is alive. It's working. And so that rulership that she had, that authority she was given that day to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords went straight into the hearts of every person that was standing there. Nancy Pelosi will never be the same. Poor woman, she is, she is hooked. Hallelujah. Because I know Sharon. I've been with Sharon, Pastor Sharon, in an elevator. She can get somebody saved from the first to the sixth floor. I'm telling you. It's that fast. I mean, I got in an elevator with her in Washington, D.C. once. And this poor creature got in there with us. And, I mean, she'd already taken on the cab driver. And I don't know where he was from. He couldn't even hardly speak English. But she talked to him. We got lost. She kept talking to him. I think we got lost because he forgot where he was going. He didn't know what to do with us. We finally got to our hotel. She had him, you know, she, had, she didn't catch that fish, but she sure sewed the word into that guy. Got in the elevator, got in. The, I mean, the door didn't hardly get shut. And she goes, you know, Jesus, Jesus live in your heart. And this person's going, you know, I mean, they're just, in there, they're just in the elevator. And she talked about Jesus all the way to the door open. That one hopped right off too. But I'm telling you, the kingdom of God, she was never embarrassed and is never embarrassed to bring you to a quality decision. She does it at the quick trip. She has, she has corralled people around a gas tank. I mean, Pastor Billy Joe, you know, she's just a soul winner. Well, that's the way we need to be. She expected people to listen to her because what she had to say was powerful. It was, it was the word of God. She's still doing it today. That's why she's in Washington, D.C., talking before all those people because God honors those who honor him. And God knows the people who will stand in that position and rule with dominion. And that's exactly what Peter and John did. Now, in verse 12, it says, So when Peter saw the response of the people, he responded to them, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why you look so intently at us as though by our power or godliness we made this man walk? What they're saying is, this wasn't us, it was God. And, they go, and then he goes on and says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined, determined to let him go. I'm sure they're like shrinking back now because he's speaking very uh, strongly to them. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. 16, verse 16, listen. And his name through faith in his, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of y'all. He was, he was from the south. Peter was from the south. Y'all. Hallelujah. Pastor Billy Joe told us that once when he read that. Y'all. That's what we say down there in, in Oklahoma. God was the one who was glorified. It goes on in the next chapter, talks about how they said this is a notable miracle. That's what they said, the leaders. This is a notable miracle, and so that this thing doesn't spread any further, like it's a plague or something, that somebody got saved. The religious people said, We're, we just won't allow them to say the name of Jesus anymore. Why? Because there's power in the name. Hallelujah. Didn't it just say faith in the name made this man sound and whole so they tried to stop that power but it didn't stop them it goes on in chapter four it says they prayed for more boldness that's how they that's how they confronted 
the the enemy that that was really the enemy trying to stop the word of God used men to do it but it was the enemy our fight is always with powers principalities not with people and so when we take this dominion it says in second corinthians and i don't have time to go into this today but it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels what treasure the holy spirit everybody say the holy spirit did you hear sharon in her prayer and holy spirit we ask you because the holy spirit was who moved on the word of god when god spoke the holy spirit created the holy spirit is still hovering over you over your house over situations and circumstances, waiting for you to say something that has power, that can release power into the earth. Because your words have power to rule. Your words have might attached to them because you belong to God. You have a privilege to rule and a responsibility to rule. So the Holy Spirit is waiting, hovering to to manifest whatever you say. He lives on the inside of you. It says that he's in there, but it the excellence of the power, everybody say excellence of the power. It's not of us, it's of God. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, that the treasure is in you, but the excellence of the power is of God. So your part is just to release the power. God's part is to cause the power to manifest itself in those situations. We get to do this with God. It, um, I was looking at Mark 16 again, and in the very last of Mark 16, when Jesus spoke to the disciples, and he told them, you know, in my name, I want you to go, and I want you to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. In my name, that's what he said, in my name. Why? Because it's faith in his name that releases that, that anointing, that brings that healing. So he said, I want you to do this. But then it says, and they went... And they did what he said, the Lord working with them, confirming the word by accompanying signs. Now, God is no respecter of persons. That same word applies to you. When you begin to follow the Holy Spirit and you begin to lay hands on somebody, I heard Brother Copeland say this, God settled it for him. He laid hands on people and he wouldn't see them healed. And he'd have big crusades. I mean, he'd lay hands on people. And God said to him, healing always comes. Healing always comes. Because I already provided it. It's not your responsibility. It, it has to be received. It has to be received. And sometimes, for whatever reason, it doesn't connect. It doesn't. I don't know why. I don't understand. But we always pray for healing. Everybody say, we always pray for healing. Because God already decided that he wants us healed. So we get in agreement with him. We do not represent ourselves. We represent him. And so we pray and we believe when we pray that healing has been released. The rest of the results are up to God. That's between God and the person. But we always do what God would have us do because we are connected to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. We represent him. We are ambassadors in a world that is full of darkness. And, and you may not see that today in the natural sitting right here. But if you could see in the spirit, this earth is barren in a lot of areas when it comes to the knowledge of God. And you are greener than green. Hallelujah. You know that word God gave us at the beginning of the year? That we would, the church would be an oasis. And that if you thought go green was a good thing for the earth, which it is, it's even better for you as a Christian. Because you are full of the life of God. You're full of him. You are full of the word of God. And, and then it, uh, I want to I read to you in, in Luke. Uh, this is just um, the scripture. And then we have one other scripture and we'll close. Um, 
this scripture really prompted me to uh, go ahead and have prayer tonight. When we said we wouldn't have a second service or a night service this month, uh, it's a holiday. It's Palm Sunday. A lot of people are on break, some coming back, some leaving, and just felt to give everybody a time with their family. But the longer the month has gone, I've really felt an urgency to bring the church together to pray. Uh, not just, we pray on Mondays here at noon, every Monday, but I felt to call the whole church to a, a time of prayer, 6 to 7 tonight. If you can't come, that's all right, no condemnation. But if you can come, feel to come. Uh, we're going to pray in here tonight, and, and we're going to pray for this reason. We are in a fight of faith. We are in a fight of faith. And God told us a few weeks ago in a message, Storm the Gates, that he is coming into this city. Not us. It's not who we are or what we're going to be. It's that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is coming through the gates. And he's going to set up residency with us at Victory. He's going to work with us at Victory Christian Center. Isn't that amazing? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's so amazing. Hallelujah. You know, I, I think it's just amazing when he says, now that doesn't mean because we're somebody. It's just the time he said when anybody asks you, you just say the set time for the favor of the Lord is on Victory Christian Center. It can be upon anybody, anytime. We're not trying to take it away from anybody else or say we're anything. It's about who God is. Does everybody get that? But if it's about who God is, then you've got to take it by faith. And you have to go after it in the spirit because it's a, it's a sp supernatural thing. It's, a, it's like a notable miracle. Do you think when we get that building down there on Duncan Road that somebody's going to say, now that was a miracle? That's going to be a notable miracle. Because if you could see our checking account, we do not have the money to buy that place. $16 million, unless somebody wants to give it today, hallelujah, and we would receive it. Just go ahead and plunk it in there after service. But we don't have that in the natural, but we have an account in heaven in this church. And we've got a lot of seed sewed up. I mean, sown in that kingdom, in that, and it's saved up in that treasury. And God spoke to me this week. Listen, you've got a lot in your bank account. Why don't you just draw some out? I thought that's a new thought. Everybody say privilege to rule. You got a lot of seed in your account. Listen, just go in and get it. Just go in and, and, and get it out. And I thought, wow, I never had that thought before. That's a good thought. Do you have seed? We're going to talk about it on Wednesday night. You need to be here. The blessing of God. The blessing of God. What has happened to you? Anyway, so Jesus comes into the city, and it says he was drawing near the descent of Mount Olives. The whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice, praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they'd seen. And this is what they were saying. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And it says peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And the Pharisees called him from the crowd. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. In other words, stop them from saying all that stuff and stop them from making noise. And Jesus said... To them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. I say to you, I say to you, the church is about to cry out. Church is about to stand up, and there will be people who say, could you tell them to sit down? Who do they think they are? Do they think they're God? But about the first time somebody gets up and runs across the room who was crippled, and about the first time somebody says, my goodness, I can see and I have no eyes, like Sandy Hinton, who attends here. She has eyes that have been replaced. She's blind. I'm telling you, when those things start happening, somebody will take notice. And that'll be a notable miracle. And do you know what? There'll be people who say, would you stop doing that? Would you stop doing that? Stop saying that name. Well, we're not stop saying anything. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. The word is truth. And God is about to manifest himself in this earth like he never has before. 
because he goes from glory to glory, you know. He certainly manifests himself all the time, but he's going to do something so big that nobody can shut their eyes and say, that didn't happen, because it's going to happen. And it's going to happen through people like you and like me. If you read book of John, this is what it says in the book of John. And uh, I'm going to close with this. I invite all of you to come tonight and pray with us. God's been showing me that uh, the march of victory, Jesus had his march of victory before he died. This is the only march of victory he got, Palm Sunday. I mean, with people cheering him. This other march up to Calvary, nobody was really cheering him. You know, there were jeers, but there weren't cheers. Hallelujah. But he was still triumphant no matter which was going on because he had the victory and he, he achieved it on Calvary for us. But I want to tell you, there's always a march. There's a march. Pastor Billy Joe made a march in Tulsa in the year that he got the building that we actually uh, were in with him when we first went to Tulsa. It was a car dealership. And they finally got this building, and they were ready to move in it. And on Easter Sunday, it wasn't ready. So they went to the convention center, and they prayed because they had joined forces and come into a church. It was a very small church that had just exploded. It went like from 200 to 3,000. And you couldn't even get in the building. I was there with my children, with John and Matt and Lori. And you, and you would have to stand in a hallway. And, and they would they, they pull this curtain back. One whole side of the sanctuary was a big curtain. they pull the curtain back. And all of those people that were piled in there would go that way. And the push of them would shove us around this way and push you right in the door. And then everybody ran for seats. It was the most exciting place to ever go to church I've ever been in in my life. You had to run to get your seat. You know, I mean, I just ran right to the front and sat down. And the power of God would come in that place like I have never seen. I didn't, ever, didn't even know what that was. I was, I was a, a royal wreck. That's what I was, a royal wreck, not a royal saint. And God put me in that place and let me see a glimpse of what he could do. And my children. And, and, and in that year that I lived in Tulsa, my life was totally changed. But it started when I went in that building and saw. I saw all these young kids, 28 to 30, all the pastors. I mean, and, and they had five services in the morning and one at night. I mean, they went to church all day there. And it was like that every service, just rotating people in and out. Well, that morning when they, when they had to move out of that building, a lot of the church in the old church there didn't want to go. And Billy Joe said, we didn't have a church split. We had a multiplication. They stayed and grew, and we left and grew. And, and, and because they didn't want to leave their building, they didn't want to leave what they had, but nobody could fit in anymore. So Billy Joe found this auto mark that God told him to go for it, get it. And on the morning of Easter, they held their meeting downtown because it wasn't ready. But at that night on Easter in 1981, Pastor Bill and I got married two weeks later at ORU on May 13th, 1981. So we were one of the first services that they had in that building. We never dreamed we would be doing what we're doing today. Never. But we were in that building. And, and Pastor Billy Joe that night said, let's march around. Let's march around this place. Let's have a victory march. And they began their march around that building. And as they began the march around the building, it started pouring down rain just as they finished. And God said to him, I am going to pour my spirit out on this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are all a product of that. You are a product of that. We have a heritage in this church. Now, Pastor Billy Joe's in heaven with Brother Roberts on their celebrating. We're left down here to do the work. We are going to do what God gave us to do. And so in this church tonight at 6 to 7, we are marching. We are marching like Jesus marched. Before the victory, we're marching. Hallelujah. But we have the victory, so we're going to take it 
in the spirit and we're going to pray and worship God tonight. This is what it says in John 14. This is Jesus speaking and he's talking to his disciples. He has said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he begins to speak. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? And he said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Now, this next verse is very important for you. The words that I speak, this is Jesus saying, the words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. What's the word? What was he saying? I don't speak these words of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, we just asked each other earlier, are you in Christ? That's a believer. The words that, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Why? Because the Father gave authority to the Son, and the Son has given authority to you. You have the privilege to rule. And when people see you, they should see Jesus. Amen? Let's stand today. Let's stand today and rejoice in what God has given us.